you're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Chris, and I do not have my co-host, as always, Kyle, with me. Hiya! This week, unfortunately. Uh, we it's been, it's been one heck of a week, let me just say. Lots of things came up in our personal lives, some emergencies, some other stuff. We're all doing fine uh, for right now and all that good stuff. But I wanted to make sure that we had something in the tube for y'all this weekend uh, before I head on out to Hoenn Tour Las Vegas. I'm actually about to catch a plane in like three hours from now. So I'm hoping that I can get this done, wrapped up, edited, and you know, in the queue for publishing before I, before I go. Uh, so you know what we're gonna do this week, actually, for this for this episode is not gonna be the traditional standard format for our episodes. We are going to have a full PvP corner segment, so don't you worry, battlers. We do have that for you. Um, and I've actually heard it now because uh, it, it it already happened and it's been edited and so it's it's wonderful you're going to enjoy it um but what we're going to do now since there was no news this week i'm going to kind of this is so this is so backwards feeling but i'm going to be doing a gear up segment of sorts and that's pretty much it i'm going to save the emails and poke and all that good stuff for when kyle and i are both back in the saddle next week because a lot of people ask kyle specific questions and I just don't want them to miss out <laughs> or him to miss out on the, those questions themselves. So instead, what we're going to do gear up style is I'm going to sort of just prep y'all for Hoenn Tour Global, which is happening next weekend. Uh, since, you know, Las Vegas is already happening now. And a lot of this information seemed a little, you know, uh, convoluted at times. And so I feel like, you know, a refresher is probably just what the doctor ordered. But, you know, our first thing that we need to look at is not actually the global event itself. It's the Primal Rumblings event, which is happening right before. It's happening during the week. It's a Wednesday, February 22nd at 10 a.m. to Friday, February 24th at 10 p.m. local time. We've already covered this event, so I'm going to kind of run through this and just give you a reminder and generally what you should be looking for. There's going to be some generic wild encounter spawns like the Hoenn Starters, Trico Torchic Mudkip. There are middle evolution forms as well, Grovile, Combuskin, Marshtomp. You can also see Wurmple, Wishmer, Nummel, Barboach, and possibly Absol in the wild as well, if you're lucky. Throughout this period of time, there's going to be two times experience for evolving Pokemon. And, and you know, honestly, in my opinion, this is probably in place to encourage people to fill out their Pokedex and make those evolutions that they might have been waiting to do. So take advantage of that evolution experience bonus if you still are working on the XP grind. In raids, we're not going to be seeing anything too, too, too exciting. One-star raids will feature the Hoenn Starters, Trico, Torchic, Mudkip. Three-star raids will feature the Middle Evolutions, Groval, Combustion, Marsh, Tom. Five-star raids, this is the big thing, Rayquaza. And in Mega Raids is Mega Latias and Latios. Again, none of this is news to anybody, I, I hope. Unless you missed the episode, in which case, I suppose, this would be a, a great catch-up. But the big takeaway here for raids is Rayquaza, honestly. And if you haven't gotten your Mega Latios or Latias yet... 
this is a good opportunity to grab them, but really I think Rayquaza is going to be the grind for most people as far as raids are concerned. And it's not just that Rayquaza is coming back and it can be shiny, of course, but no, there's a featured attack debut also happening. So if you catch any of these Rayquaza um, from February 22nd and actually through the event to Wednesday, March 1st, uh, it'll note breaking swipe, which does 50 power in trainer battles and decreases your opponent's attack when used. And in gyms or raids, it does 35. It was our opinion last time we talked about it that, it, you know, outrage is probably still your better option. And we're not going to see like, you know, Dragon Ascent or uh, I think that's what it's called uh, until later. Um, I was recently reminded on an episode of It's Super Effective that that move comes with the caveat of it mega evolving. So when we get mega Rayquaza, maybe that's when we'll see that move, but who can say for sure? Field research tasks for primal rumblings will, you know, have Hoenn themed field research tasks and items and stuff like that will be dropping from it that you need for evolutions, et cetera, et cetera. There's gonna be a collection challenge that you can complete for uh, Ultra Balls and a Rocket Radar. The article does say that it's evolution-themed as well, so it's going to work nicely with that XP bonus. And there will be event-specific stickers as well, because why wouldn't there be? There always is. And honestly, you know, we make jokes about the stickers, but <laughs> they, they've been really high quality recently. I'm actually kind of enjoying, enjoying the stickers quite a bit. Uh, so I want to shift gears then to, finally, our, our destination here of Pokemon Go Tour, Go Tour Hoenn Global. Uh, so this is, again, going to be completely devoid of any of the details, specifics, special things that are happening in Vegas this weekend. So if you are looking ahead and planning just for the global event, this should be as complete of information as we can glean from their blog, right? So just a, a reminder, it is happening on Saturday, February 25th and Sunday, February 26th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on both days. These will be global, so it'll be anywhere you choose to play, right? So it, it's worth scoping out a spot beforehand if you don't already have a regular place to play. There will be special research called Chasing Legends. Trainers around the world will be able to enjoy special research featuring none other than Re from the Go Ultra Recon Squad. So Re is coming back. That's good, good, good. Professor Willow has tasked Re with researching Hoenn folklore about the red and blue orbs, items which are said to have uh, some connection to Primal Kyogre and Primal Groudon, and Re needs your help. Uh, just a side note, in the main series games, those orbs needed to be held by Kyogre or Groudon, respectively. Um, actually, I guess it'd be Groudon and Kyogre, respectively, because red and blue or I don't remember. They had to be held. <laughs> and then they could be Maggie evolved in game. So it looks like they're going to be talking about that in the special research so that that lore-based piece is still intact. Uh, this is going to be your chance to encounter Pokemon first discovered in the Hoenn region, new shiny Pokemon discovered, and is that a shiny Jirachi? Yes. Masterwork research wish granted. Wishes can come true. Just ask Jirachi, the wish Pokemon. Trainers around the world will be able to purchase Masterwork research to encounter shiny Jirachi. Masterwork research provides trainers with an opportunity to take on difficult challenges and daunting tasks, which are rewarded with a spectacular discovery. This ticket cost is going to be $4.99 in U.S. or the equivalent in your uh, currency. And it's going to be available starting on Monday, February 20th at 10 a.m. PST until Monday, March 20th 
at 10 a.m. PST. So it will be available for purchase for an entire month starting on the 20th. So that's as soon as Hoentor Vegas or the next day uh, after it ends, essentially. So if you want to pick it up ahead of time, you can do that. You can do that. Ruby versus Sapphire challenge. As the earth and sea clash, which side will you stand with? All trainers will be able to pick between a Ruby and Sapphire badge. The team you pick will shape certain in-person Pokemon encounters. Each hour, you can complete special field research on behalf of your team. Depending on which team completes more field research, all trainers will see increased primal raids for either Primal Kyogre, Sapphire, or Primal Groudon, Ruby, plus an increased chance of encountering additional wild Pokemon. So there's that. It's it's really similar to the to the red and blue or red and green tickets that we had to do for Kanto Tour and Gold and Silver for Johto Tour. Legendary encounters encounter Latias or Latios, the Eon Pokemon or the Aeon Eon Eon Pokemon during your Hoenn adventure. Take a snapshot of Latias, Sapphire, or Latios Ruby in the wild to earn another encounter with Latios or Latios. So that'd be kind of cool. They'll be in the wild. The, the suspicion is, is that they will have the full IV spread availability. There will not be like a floor or a ceiling. It won't have a 10, 10, 10 floor like research. It'll probably just be open full zero to 15 on every single individual IV. Okay, <laughs> that's redundant on each IV, right? So we weren't entirely sure before, and we're still not entirely sure now, but that is how the legendary dogs, or legendary beasts, rather, for Johto Tour were handled. I think this will be pretty similar. Kecleon heads to Pokemon Go Tour Hoenn Global. After its initial appearance at Pokemon Go Tour Hoenn Las Vegas, we've learned that lucky trainers may encounter shiny Kecleon in the wild during Pokemon Go Tour Hoenn Global. So, you know, you know how Kecleon works. Got to find it on a stop. You can tap it a bunch to make it pop off after you've actually clicked into the stop in order to see it there. And then once it's fallen off or jumped off the stop, it should be spawning underneath that stop in a relatively close proximity. So you have to be like on top of the stop in order to see it. But yeah, shiny chances for Kecleon. That's going to be that's going to be a thing. That's for sure. Uh, Primal Surge. Something is happening to Kyogre and Groudon, and they are bringing the might of the sea and earth with them. So there's going to be Primal Raids going on, as was mentioned a little bit earlier as well. So people will, everybody will have access to that in global for sure. In Unique Field Research, you can collect Mega Energy and encounter Ghost-type Pokemon with new rare field research tasks. That'll be interesting to see how those shake out. And then in raids for the actual weekend event itself, not Primal Rumblings, which had a, a different spread, this one will also feature the Hoenn starters and the one-star raids, Trico, Torchic, and Mudkip. There is no three-star raid tier listed. That leads me to believe <laughs> we will not be having three-star raids at Pokemon Go, Go Tour Global. But it's, uh, you know... I guess we'll see. I don't think the other three stars will will continue through from Primal Rumblings because that event is technically over. But, you know, who knows? I, I'm hoping that it's not because I, I like seeing this condensed set for raids. And this might be the answer right here because remember in five-star raids throughout this event, you'll see all four forms of Deoxys. And then lastly, but certainly not least, Primal Raids will have Kyogre and Groudon in them. But enough about raids and all that other 
stuff that you got to like go out of your way to do. What about just general feel? Uh, special Pokemon appearing in the wild. Let's talk about that. There's going to be four habitats and the habitat setup should be pretty, pretty familiar to those of you that have done previous go tours. If you're unfamiliar, what we've done in the past is it's an eight hour event, right? The 10 to six, there's four habitats. Each habitat will be active for two hours. Now, I believe if I remember correctly, come on brain, don't fail me now. Kanto tour, it was uh, each of the habitats, it would rotate through the first four hours. It was like habitat one, two, three, and then four, and then cycled back to habitat one, two, three, and four. My best guess is that this will be how this is handled again. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't make sense for it to be two hours, two hours, two hours, and then two hours because then people that get to the event later, whatever, would have missed out entirely on one of the habitats. So if you can make the first four or the back four, you should be in good shape. They have not said in particular anything about the habitat rotations, like how it's going to be handled. They don't have clarification on the event page or anything like that. We're just going based off of our best guess from how the event or similar events have been run in the past. Uh, but before we talk about the habitat spawns, special Pokemon will appear in unique habitats during the event, as we know. Also, for the first time in Pokemon Go, you'll be able to encounter Shiny Unknown H, Shiny Surskit, Shiny Gulpin, Shiny Torkoal, Shiny Cacnea, Shiny Tropius, and Shiny Relicanth. Now, Tropius, Relicanth, and Torkoal are going to be chases because they are regionals. They are, however, locked in a high-tier egg group, which we will get to in a moment. But first, let's talk about these habitats. Again, there's four of them, the first of which is Blistering Sands. You can expect to see during this habitat's time frame, Torchic, Puchiana, Lotad, Ninkata, let's go. I love Ninkata spawns. Makuhita, Nosepass, Aeron, Cacnea, Nummel, Baltoy, and Bagong. The highlights of which I would probably say are Ninkata, Bagon. Uh, yeah, I mean, Baltoy is a little rare, I guess. Uh, and, you know, the normal shiny hunt is always ongoing. <laughs> so there's that. Avoid the Aeron at all costs if you're Kyle, I suppose. In the second habitat, Eerie Mists, you can expect to see in the wild. Ralts, Surskit, Wishmer, Metatite, Spoink, Zangoose, Seviper, Chimeco, Absol, Snowrent, Love Disc, and Beldum. The chases in this pool, I would say, are Chimeco, Absol, and Beldum. Although, you know, Zangoose and Seviper, those are usually split up by Hemisphere, so they're like pseudo-regionals now. Or, actually, they just pseudo- they are regionals. Um, and this is an opportunity to grab them. Both. So, make sure you do that. The third habitat is Verdant Earth, and you can expect to see, spawning in the wild, Trico, Zigzagoon, Wurmple, Seedot, Shroomish, Slackoth, Skitty, Mawile, Electrike, Roselia, Gulpin, and Swablu. For a chase in here, Mawile is usually a raidable or a raid-only Pokemon, so I would definitely catch a bunch of those if you need candy to level one up for PvP or you're maxing one out. I've got a hundo. I would really like to get a bunch of XL candies, so I'll probably be targeting Mawile a little bit. Outside of that, Gulpin is a new shiny, so that'll be good to grab. And I think the rest of it's just kind of up to you. Shroomish is a fun shiny. Electric is cool if you need candy for the uh, Mega Manectric, you know, and all that good, good stuff. And the last, the last habitat, last but certainly not least, Mudkip, Taylau, Wingle, Carvana, Barboach, Corfish, Lilip, Anorith, Phoebus, Sveal, and Clampearl 
are all spawning in the ancient shores habitat. Chases for this pool are, I, I guess I have to say Phoebus. Corefish for the shiny hunt? Clam Pearl is a rare spawn. It really only spawns off of like glacial lures and stuff like that. Carvana, I suppose. Although Carvana is a pretty common spawn when it comes to water-based events. They like to fill the wild with that one. And of course, because I feel the need, Wingle. Who doesn't love Wingle? Shiny Wingle. And all that. Just, just everything Wingle. Who doesn't love Wingle? You know? Who, I ask. <laughs> there's also some additional caveats to the wild encounters. As we mentioned earlier, there's going to be like you know, those challenges for each of the teams. And depending on which team perseveres, there will be additional spawns based on their team uh, that will be mixed in with the other spawns, right? So it, during the Primal Surge Kyogre stuff, if the Kyogre Sapphire team wins, we will also be seeing Minin Illumize or... Illumise, Illumise, I think is actually how it's said. I think I've been saying Illumise and it's actually Illumise or something like that. Anyway, the purple one, you know what I'm talking about. Whalmer, Lunatone, and Rainy Cast Form. Rainy Cast Form will be pretty cool to catch, especially if you're in an area that doesn't see a lot of rain. That's a good chase. Lunatone is a good chase. Yeah, Whalmer's cool. <laughs> let's move on to primal surge groudon or team ruby if they win you'll see plusle volbeat trap inch soul rock and sunny cast form same thing for soul rock and the sunny form of cast form you might not see them very often depending trap inch is always a good catch people like trap inch Flygon is a spectacular pokemon um and you know volbeat for its own reasons i suppose uh Illumise and Volbeat are also kind of, they're like Seviper and Zangoose. So don't miss out on an opportunity to catch a few of them, especially if they're not normally from your area. And then the last things, they just, there's like three sections in the blog about like, this is in the wild, but also these. And hold on, there's more. <laughs> the but wait, there's more is new costumed Pokemon will appear during the event, but it's not too, too much. So don't worry. It's just two Pikachus, one of them wearing Brendan's hat and another one wearing May's bow. And they can both be shiny, I believe, in both gender versions as well. It's showing a male uh, with both of the different types of costumes here. So I'm hoping and assuming that we will also see female Pikachu with both as well. I'd, it would be cool to not have them gender locked. And uh, yeah, they're just they're costume Pikachus. That's cool. Very, very cool. The following Pokemon will be hatching from eggs during the event. Now, this is the part that some people are a little bit upset about because, again, they do kind of gate some of the rarer spawns, like the regionals, the new shinies, uh, in a, a rather high-tier pool. So <laughs> we'll get there. In two-kilometer eggs, you're going to be seeing the baby suite. Uh, well, and actually, not the entire suite. I do take that back. It's going to be Pichu, Iglybuff, Azuril, and Why Not? We're missing a few of the babies. But they are being replaced by the Hoenn starter trio of Trico, Torchic, and Mudkip. I'm not there for hatching those three, but it is two kilometer eggs, so I suppose, you know, it's it's a minor evil, right? <laughs> Five kilometer egg pool is looking pretty good, in my opinion. Surskit, Gulpin, and Cacnea. If you're looking for the Gulpin and you're targeting that, or Surskit, or Cacnea, I mean, honestly, any of them, this is a great pool. Three Pokemon on offer. Awesome for targeting. 
The seven kilometer pool is also not looking too bad, to be super honest with you. Trapinch, Phoebus, Bagon, and Beldum. Now, I know that some people have been playing for a long time have more Beldum than they care to admit. We've had Bagon Community Day and Community Day Classic, if I'm remembering correctly. Phoebus is around events. We just had it recently. And Trapinch is like a, a medium rare spawn, right? So this pool is definitely worth doing. The cool thing about seven kilometer eggs is that, you know, you need to open gifts for them. So if you want to avoid these four Pokemon altogether and you'd rather focus on getting the other types of eggs, you can just avoid them. You don't have to open gifts and get them or open gifts when all of your egg slots are full. So yeah, I love seven kilometer eggs. Just, I don't have Kyle here to tell me to stop talking about eggs in a good light. <laughs> so, so uh, what are we going to do about it? What, what is anybody going to do about it? <laughs> All right, let's move on. 10 kilometer eggs. It's going to be housing Torkoal, Tropius, and Relicanth. Yes, the three shiny, uh, sorry, the three new shiny regionals are all in 10 kilometer eggs. So the difficulty here is that 2Ks, 5Ks, and 10Ks all have a chance to drop when you spin a stop, right? Or a photo disc in general, I suppose. And so it's difficult to target the 10Ks. And then when you do get the 10K, it's only a chance. So there is inherent value, especially if you don't have any of these regionals yet on doing the 10Ks. But if you're like me and you're gonna be trying to target and, and hunt for these shinies and hatch a lot of eggs, this 10K pool wall exciting might also pose the most frustration. <laughs> so <laughs> take that as you will. New avatar items under the new features and items subheading. Ooh, boy. We're going to be seeing the Pokemon Go Tour Hoenn t-shirt. That's the official design that they're going to have at, I think, the Vegas event. Or this could be a different version of it. Who's in, who, there's really no picture of it, so I don't, I don't know what to tell you. And then the Hoenn set, which is basically the full Brendan and May outfit from the main series games. You can also purchase, if you'd like to instead, there's a Kyogre tracksuit, a Groudon tracksuit, and a Kecleon bag that will be added to the shop during the event. The Kecleon bag is adorable. It it's like sits on the back a little bit, and it looks like a, just like a crossbody bag that's in the shape of the Kecleon. Wonderful. Really, really cool. And then event stickers. All trainers will be able to get Pokemon Go Tour Hoenn-themed stickers in the in-game shop from Friday. February 17th to Sunday, February 26th. So these will be available even during the uh, Vegas event this weekend, even for non-attendees. These stickers will also be available via Pokestops and Gifts from Friday, February 17th to Sunday, February 19th, and from Wednesday, February 22nd to Sunday, February 26th. So you can get them from Pokestops and Gifts when there's an event active, essentially, but you can buy them even in a little gap period between the two weekends and event stuff. There was a Pokemon storage and item bag capacity increase. This should be already out. Uh, max bag space for items is now 5250. And for Pokemon storage, it's 6250. Please, I need more. Niantic, please. <laughs> new music. You can look forward to new pieces of music. Uh, inspired by Pokemon Ruby and Pokemon Sapphire. These pieces were created by Junichi Masuda, Pokemon video game series composer and chief creative fellow of the Pokemon company. If you don't know who Masuda is, Masuda is the best. Uh, and we've had new music, you know, air quotes, new music, right? It's just, it's different music, right? Uh, in previous events, and it's always been great. You know, I have to remind people to turn their music on every once in a while just to hear it. 
like Kyle. And if he does, he turns it on for a second. He's like, ah, that's cool. He turns it back off. It is absolutely worth hearing, though. I love hearing the new music. And that's pretty much it. So, like I said, I'm so sorry, y'all, that sent in emails and answered the Poke poll. But this week, we're just doing this quick overview because <laughs> I need to get to the airport rather quickly here. Uh, so, if those of you that would like to participate in the Poke poll, the Poke poll question from this week is still going to be active, and it is one more time. What has been your most underwhelming or disappointing catch of all time? We've had some incredible responses already, and we're in the market for more, uh, as always. So you can post the uh, answer to that question. We have it already put up on Twitter. You can look for it there, at Podcast. Send us an email to mail at GoCastPodcast.com. We also have a voicemail line, and you can call in to 262-586-7700. One seven, and uh, you know that's that goes for all emails and stuff and regular messages, not even just responses to the Poke poll. Um, oh, also for Poke poll responses, if you're in Spotify and you're using the app, you can answer the question there. It's a little Q and A. You should be able to see it there. And lastly, I'm going to pass you off to Fish and Defye, who did a full, wonderful, like I mentioned earlier, PvP corner segment. And then once they're finished with that, we're just going to end the show there. So I won't be coming back. I hope y'all have a great, great, great week. We'll see you next week for the episode that's going to be all about how Vegas was, how excited we are for the global event, and all that good stuff. Good luck with Primal Rumblings. Good luck if you're going to Vegas. I hope to see you. And over to Fish and DeFi. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Fish on Ahita. And I'm DeFi 250 and this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that brought the Dene into their Regionals Championship. DeFi, what is going on in PvP? Well, let's go ahead and start off with talking about the Go Battle League. In the last week, it was Ultra League and the Love Cup. We also had Go Battle Day. So, Fish, did you do Go Battle Day? Did you play Love Cup? How did that all go for you? I did not get to do all 20 of my sets. I managed to get through 14 of them, and I made some climbs. I have been doing well in Love Cup. I'm back into uh, people who have been following the segment for a few weeks now will know about my wild roller coaster. I'm back up at the top of the crest for me at the moment, which is uh, 2744. I am six points away from expert. All right. Very, very nice. So what team led you to that success? Many. Right now, the last five or six sets that I've played have been a team of Alu Mamola lead, Galarian Slowbro safe swap, and Wormadam Trash as the closer. Ooh. Yeah, Wormadam Trash is just an absolute wall and a half for Ariados, which is really, really popular. It has... Uh, fast move pressure against a lot of things it can even you know if if you have to spend two shields but you can uh, confusion down a charizard with it um it can take out a slow bro slash slow king with a bug buzz if shields are down so it's got a little bit of versatility more versatility than you'd think for such a slow moving pokemon very cool. I've been using Slowbro myself as my confusion user. I was watching Final Boss AJ, and she was running a Slowbro, a Charizard, and a Sylveon. 
and I unfortunately realized I went to go try that team. I don't have a Great League Sylveon. And it takes a minute to make one because you have to get, I think it's 20 buddy hearts with an Eevee. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be next on my list after my current buddy. <laughs> I'm going to work on a Sylveon. But I used a Clefable instead, which has some pros and cons. So I've been having like really middling. I'm right in the 2500s. I'm not really going very far above or far below. Is AJ using Quick Attack or Charm on a Sylveon? Charm. Charm and having it in the back. Interesting. I think it would be plenty viable with Quick Attack because that Psyshock that it's got is actually quite a good weapon. There's obviously a few notable poisons around, like I mentioned Aridos is one of them, and Sylveon's probably the only the only fairy type that can actually hit back comfortably against the Aridos with Psyshock. A Psyshock probably wouldn't one-hit KO. It can probably tank a Psyshock, whereas it probably couldn't take a Psychic from a Clefable. But with Quick Attack, it gets to those pretty quickly. So if you have a bit of an energy lead, you can probably get two off before they get to the two Cross Poisons to take you out. So I, I really like Sylveon as a, as a pick. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to build one. I have an Eevee that would be an okay Sylveon, maybe not the yeah. best one, but it's okay. So I'm looking forward to building that. Taking a look ahead, Fish, I think we both determined it might be a week off of GBL for us, or at least a low-pressure week. We have Open Master League and Master League Premier. Premier meaning Legendary Pokemon, Mythical Pokemon, and Ultra Beasts are not eligible. But because there are no Classic Cups, uh, both of these metas will use Pokemon up to level 50. The Master League Premier PV Poke Top 10 that we talked about last week. Dragonite, which is Shadow and Regular. I hope you made your Florges. That is number two. Snorlax, Shadow and Regular. Gyarados, Shadow and Regular. Garchomp, Metagross. Shadow and Regular, Ursaluna. Mamoswine, Shadow and Regular. Excadrill, and Hisuian Avalog. Like we talked about last week, there is a lot on there that I could potentially build. I might try a couple sets but probably not going to be the week where I, you know, do all 25 of my battles each day. Yeah, same. I, uh, like I mentioned last week, don't have the, the resources to compete, which means that if I do want to hit Legend, I've got to do it all during Hoenn Cup, which is up next from February 23 to March the 1st. It is Master League Mega Edition and Hoenn Cup Great League Edition. It's... Open Master League is just like regular Master League, but eh. Mega Edition Master League is just like Open Master League, except Mega Pokemon are allowed. And in Hoenn Cup, and Hoenn Cup is there to coincide with the Hoenn Tour. Only Pokemon with a Pokedex number from 252 to 386 will be allowed. Most Hoenn Pokemon are the good ones in PvP. So the top 10 species are Registeel, Regular, and Shadow is there, but we highly, highly recommend the Regular. The XL Metacham, Pelipper, Regular, and Shadow Sableye. And you were saying that Shadow Sableye is higher ranked than the Regular Sableye, which is really interesting. I'll get back to that in a second. Regirock, Altaria, Defense Deoxys, Swampert, Whiskash, and Marwile is there so the sableye normally that is as good as it is because of the versatility of that 
very powerful move of return. With Shadow, you obviously can't have return, so you're relying on Power Gem, which in itself is not a particularly great move. Right, but you can hit hard against some of the things in the meta. Uh, you can hit, for example, Pelipper really hard, Altaria, uh, super effective against the Wall Reigns out there. Also, because it is a Shadow Sableye, those Shadow Claws are going to be that much more powerful. The Foul Plays are going to be that much more pow- powerful against Pokemon like Defense Deoxys and Metacham, where even though you're a Shadow and you're taking more damage, that's not going to be a really big deal when you're up against Pokemon like Defense Deoxys and Metacham. They can't hit you with much anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, makes sense. Still shocks me. Still shocks me. <laughs> All right. Anything else with Hoenn Cup? Look out for the deep dive that we'll be doing on the Palatown PvP YouTube channel. We'll be doing that the Tuesday night US time before the cup starts. Awesome. I also really just want to point out that PV Poke also has the mega edition for the Master League up. So I'm going to talk about some of the best megas that you can use if you have level 50 to any of your mega Pokemon. Swampert. The king of all the metas mm-hmm. is comes in at number one. Beat just Hydro Cannon and Earthquake. It's just so powerful. Mega Swampert, XL, Sorry, obviously is that, level 50. Is that uh, number one in the whole meta or number one among the megas? Both. Wow. Yeah, okay. I'm going to just go straight down the meta. Most everything at the top of the meta is a mega Pokemon. Okay, sure. So then you have number two, Mega Gyarados. Number three, Primal Groudon, which assuming that Primal will be included as part of the Mega system. Mega Latios, that is the one that runs Dragon Breath, Dragon Claw, and Luster Purge, the new move. Then you have Mega Charizard Y, specifically, running Wing Attack, Blast Burn, and Dragon Claw. Primal Kyogre, running... Not its new signature move of Origin Pulse, just still running Waterfall, Surf, and Thunder. Mega Latias running its signature move of Mist Ball. Mega Gengar, Mega Salamance, and then just Dragonite. Dragonite hanging out up there with Dragon Breath, Dragon Claw, and Superpower. Hello. Um, Another couple. Still there. Also still there. Garatina Altered and Zekrom. Then we get back um, into some of the Megas with Charizard X, Mega Charizard X. This one runs Dragon Breath, Blast Burn, and Dragon Claw. Lugia, still one of the best Pokemon. Not a Mega, but fantastic. It has, especially with Aeroblast. Then you have Gardevoir, Mega Gardevoir, Mega Caesar, <laughs> and then we'll wrap it up with Kyrim and Giratina Origin, the, the wormy one. Lots of really cool stuff. Solgaleo is up there as well at number 23, which I don't think I've seen Solgaleo up in the Masters rank very much before. So that's interesting. Mm. Also, regular Groudon, even if you don't have it primal, is very good. You can run it with the Precipice Blades and does quite well. If you want to have just regular Groudon with Precipice Blades plus a Mega, I think is going to be very powerful. I feel like that one, though, is more like uh, having a non-XL Azumarill versus an XL Azumarill. Yeah, like, yeah, the Azumarill does does plenty fine 
not XL'd, but it's just literally a downgrade from the XL version. Yeah, but then you could use, for example, because you could only use one Mega at a time. Right. So you could use a Mega Swampert and a Groudon. Yeah. Where if you go Primal Groudon, then you can't have a Mega in yeah, addition that makes to that. total sense. Sometimes I do that, Fish. Occasion, <laughs> on occasion. So next up, we have the Sylph check-in. Nyad Cup is still underway. Uh, look, I don't think there's been any change in the meta. Have you noticed anything different to what we discussed last week? Nothing too much. Just noticing that I don't like it when I have five remote tournaments all going on at the same time. Right. I've remembered this. It, it was a long time off of Sylph. And then last month, I only did two remote tournaments. I did two Ember Cup tournaments. I should have done more. So I went all in this month thinking Nyad was going to run so much better. And I'm not doing that much better. I'm running, I'm currently four and three. Oh, okay. I mean, you're so, on the positive. That's good. Yeah. And I'm, I really regret putting Buswell on my team. I've, co- really? I've come back around on Lugia. <laughs> uh, I was a little down on Lugia, like I was excited, and then I was kind of eh, and now I'm back excited for it again because I blasted something with an arrow blast and got the attack boost, and then I remembered why I like Lugia so much. So, <laughs> Buswell though I definitely replaced. I brought in Walrein on a couple of my later tournaments that I entered, and I think that's wor- going to work out a little bit better for me. Uh, Icicle Spear, even after the nerf, just gives so much good mm. coverage neutral coverage and is still very very spammy i i I was kind of like scared leading up to today because i have hit some sort of form DeFi. Ooh! so coming into today i was nine zero and um like after each win i'd be like what's what's happening like this is all very sudden. Like, I'm used to winning, like, 60% of my battles. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, around the 60% mark. Like, but, yeah, I've, I've gone weirdly well in these first two months of the season. Now, it finally came crashing back down when I lost round one of the GoCast tournament this morning. <laughs> but, um, so, it was. I feel like that was kind of the loss I needed to have. Now, it's like, okay, the... Uh, the the mystique is broken. Um, I am still vulnerable, so um, so now I can just make sure that I'm going into the rest of my battles, actually focusing, concentrating. It was against Team Magma Tyler, and um, afterwards he was like, "Fish, I I don't know how that happened." <laughs> yeah, that happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, I- and he played well. Yeah, like couldn't couldn't fault him. He called the right lead in battle three. Um, I tried to turn things back into my favor, but he did enough to to hold me at bay. So yeah, we'll play Tyler. Yeah. Oh, one other note. I didn't just add Walrein. I also added a Galvantula into my team. Oh, yeah. And good Galvantula pick. is very fun. So that was a very, very good pick. One tournament, I dropped Lugia completely. So there's one sneaky meta in here that I have to remember that I don't have a Lugia on my team. Actually, I did. Um, I mentioned maybe a couple of weeks ago or last week that I had Lugia in my first tournament, which is the Go Stadium tournament, and then I dropped it for Defense Deoxys. I had a Go Stadium battle last night, and in the first battle, I did accidentally bring the Deoxys 
instead of the Lugia. So that's an automatic loss for me in battle one. And I was very lucky to pull back battle two and three to win that matchup. Yeah, it is confusing. I just have all my Nyad Cup Pokemon under one tag. So I feel like when I'm mm. I'm super slow right now to lock in when I'm against an opponent because I'm triple checking <laughs> every single team to make sure that I'm using the correct Pokemon because that is an automatic loss. Usually mm-hmm. I try to stick to one team for all my tournaments, but I just... I don't know. I think Buswell was a bad call. And then I had to recalibrate (laughs) later in the month to fix it. I think I like my most current team that has both. I think it has both. Let me look. Yeah, my current team, I have Galvantula and Lugia, which I think are and Walrein. They're very, very fun picks. I'm excited. Pelipper's also been lovely for me. And obviously Mew and Greedent. Yeah, Pelipper actually can do a lot of work if it can avoid certain matchups yeah obviously it uh it really doesn't like the galvantula but um there's there's a lot of things that are really hard walled by something but do really well if it can avoid that like the galvantula itself really has to avoid the altaria but if it can do that it it wrecks and my example that i always come back to is toxicroak where it's got that double psychic weakness that can be very debilitating but if it can avoid that, it just does so well against most other things. Very true. Let's do a quick factions update. We are in the last week right now of the cycle. And oh my goodness, the Queen Bees won again. And we are currently, let me pull up the factions page really quick. Like bananas. We just kept winning week after week (laughs) after week. We have been on such a strong winning streak. I'm really, really proud of us. So we beat the Rowdy Rowlets. It was super exciting. <laughs> we beat them 12 to 9. But that means we currently have an undefeated faction, the Barktown Boomers. Ooh. And then there are one, two, three, four, five <laughs> teams that are tied for that second place. <laughs> so they're all watching you, waiting for you to slip up. Yep. So this is going to be very important to win this one if we want to get promoted because in that cur- if you go by the raw win count we are last out of that second place so we are currently in sixth place overall in north america right. open right so not only do you need to win but you need to make sure you get a good battle count as well yeah but if we win i'm thinking we sh- there's a really good chance we'll make that top four sure, if we win sure. this week but we have to face the Battle Boys, which yeah. is Battle Bill's team, which is the second place team, <laughs> which I am very nervous, but it'll be fun. I'm excited for my battles. I'm sticking with my same Vanguard core that I've been using the entire season of Walrein, Machamp, Noctowl, and Kofagrigus. They've been doing really, really well for me, and we'll see how it goes. Good luck. Um for for us the uh the attention's all on our Pallet Town Silver team, which is the one of the teams from Europe, Middle East and Africa. They are in the same kind of position. They are tied for like second or third on uh championship points and they uh, they're they're somewhere in that kind of group. 
on battle wins i forget exactly where i haven't checked it in a few days but um yeah they they are in that same position where they need to win to ensure promotion into iron tier for the next cycle uh our asia pacific team has just found a new player who has uh, been going really 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 well in his first couple of sylph tournaments so we kind of snapped him up quickly and he's taken that, that last empty spot on our team and also th- the Ruby team, which is our Asia-Pacific team, we finally snapped up a last player to fill our empty spot that we'd had on our roster the whole cycle. He's someone who is very new to Sylph, just started this season, and has been absolutely smashing it as well. Um, he swept his first tournament 4-0, and he went 4-1 in his second tournament. The only person he lost to there was me. <laughs> So I was like, after after the tournament, we uh, this was an in-person tournament, by the way, which was uh, fun to get back to. But uh, yeah, as soon as that finished, I was like, hey, dude, you, you, you gotta, I got to get you onto Discord. I got to get you onto this team. And uh, yeah, so looking forward to next cycle. Me too. And I am so proud of the Queen Bees, regardless of if we win or lose this week. This is definitely one of the best cycles we've had. We've really been kicking some butt, taking yeah. some names. It's been great to hear. Yeah. Good to hear, and it's been a lot of fun. I absolutely love my team. And yeah, always happy to be a part of it. Let's move into Play Pokemon. So Fish, this one's going to be mostly you because we're talking OCIC. Happening this weekend for you, you're heading in tomorrow. You're flying in tomorrow as of this recording. That's right. Um, Friday evening, I will be arriving in Melbourne. We've got an Airbnb, uh, like almost right next to the venue. We were very lucky to get one so cheap <laughs> in that area. Um, yeah, I've, I've settled on my team. I've run some practice tournaments and this is like, this adds to the why I was feeling so like what's going on because like I've swept a few practice tournaments as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I've hit form at probably the right time and I'm kind of excited but apprehensive because like the I know a lot of the players that are coming to this championship and that like there's some international quality coming to this tournament so like i cannot rest on my laurels here like i know that uh the practice is one thing but being there on game day is going to be just a whole new experience that is so exciting i'm excited to hear your thoughts for when you come back do you know kind of what you're anticipating your ace pokemon is going to be or what the most important pokemon is going to be to like plan around anything like that. So, I um, I mean, in in Pokemon Co. PvP, I don't think you can really have an ace. Oh, maybe in GBO, that it's a little, it's a little uh, easier to build your team around a specific Pokemon. For me, it's a little easier to maybe build your team around a specific Pokemon. But in Pick Six, I don't think that's quite as possible. Um, my strategy has been basically built around the idea of what happens when you lose the lead. Because you could kind of look at it as you're going to lose the lead around 50% of the time, right? And the way PvP is currently structured, it's pretty hard to come back when you do lose the lead. You're already on the back foot and you are you know, fighting to regain 
a position of dominance in that battle. So I went with Pokemon that have the least amount of hard wall situations possible. Like Pokemon that have play against a lot of their counters. So, so for example, Shadow of Bomber Snow uh, is one of the Pokemon that I'm going to bring. And that is a Pokemon that will not like counter users, but if you can get it into a situation where it's got an energy lead, it can flip those battles. You know, the, the counter user has not much HP left. Maybe it's got a shield. You can kind of quickly burn that shield and fire off a back-to-back uh, -back weather balls to, to KO that counter user or things like I did have Shadow Charizard in my team for a bit, which it can like it, if it can get up a whole bunch of energy, it can take out a lantern in two blast burns. Now I did swap it for regular Charizard, which can't do that. But I think the extra bulk that that adds back onto my team will be probably more useful. So the team that I have decided to go with, uh, Shadow of Bomber Snow, Regular Charizard, Gliscor, Lantern, Medicham, and Umbreon. Umbreon's actually a really good example of something that can play back at its counters because it can get a shield from a Medicham if the Medicham is not careful. So if you lose the lead and switch into your Umbreon, a lot of people bringing Medicham onto their teams, they try and counter with a Medicham, they could potentially lose a shield there and so they're now having to work from a place where they're you know two one shields down which can make it harder for them all right sounds like you've got a really good plan for your team i'm excited to watch the stream speaking of the stream we know who our casters are they're the casters who've done the past couple international tournaments we'll have speediest cheap gabby snyder Caleb Pang, and 2 Butters casting for Pokemon Go. Also, on the Pokemon.com website, we can link to this in the show notes, but Soph, Soph Toph, actually wrote a 2023 Pokemon Go Oceania re uh, International Championship preview. Uh, what will be the top strategies down under when the matches begin in Melbourne? So goes over the Pokemon metagame, talking about, you know, your fighting types, your counter users, flying Pokemon, steel ghosts, flying counters, fill Pokemon that fill in those gaps like Lickitung, Swampert, Venusaur, and then threw out a couple names to watch. For example, Valiant Vish, the Melbourne runner, runner up and Rick Flareon, the regional champion in Melbourne, uh, as well as some of the other past competitors. And that's pretty exciting. So you can check that out. I always love when we get to see trainers and people from the community contributing on Pokemon.com. And Hoth has gotten to write for Pokemon before. And seeing Soph have an article is really cool as well. So we'll definitely link to that in the show notes. Moving on, we have Knoxville, Tennessee and Bochum in Germany, February 24th to the 26th. These are both going to be smaller tournaments, probably due to the Hoenn Tour happening concurrently that weekend. But something exciting, Pokemon.com released the website, uh, the live streaming information on their official website like a week early. So I can <laughs> announce that I am commentating this one along with Mark Sun, Speediest Chief, and Alpha Feeb. So I will be playing that one. I am really excited uh, to cast for that one Saturday, 20, uh, February 25th and Sunday, February 26th. So that will be really fun. I'm looking forward to it, even though they're going to be smaller tournaments. 
After that, we have Perth. Well, congratulations, DeFi. Great to see you uh, casting once again, representing girls at PvP. Moving on from that, we have Perth on March 4th to 5th. And there are 12 players registered for that one. So they're creeping up on their personal best, which was 16 registered last time. Now, uh, 16 were registered, but four didn't show up. So 12 people played. Uh, Vancouver is happening on March the 10th to 12th. 32 players registered for that. Natal in Brazil. Registration is now officially open for that. That's March 11th to 12th. Utrecht in the Netherlands, 18th to 19th of March. 164 players registered, which is the highest to date for a regional or international championship. Charlotte in North Carolina happening March 24th and 26th. And Fort Wayne is March 31st to April the 2nd. Registration has recently opened for both of those DeFi. They have. So be sure to register for these tournaments. You have lots of opportunities to join the battlers that have already punched their ticket to Yokohama, Japan. Lots of really great opportunities here. Let's start to wrap up here with our mailbag. We have an email in from Eric. Eric says, hi, Fish and DeFi. I just finished Vulpix Battle Day and had a lot of fun with it. I only found one person who wanted to lose on purpose compared to about five last time. I did insanely well. I played only Ultra League because I maybe had one good Great League pink Pokemon, and I used a team of Charizard, Obstagoon, and Gengar. All regular, no shadows. I went to PV Poke and looked to see if this team would be good, but it gave me a C for coverage, a D for bulk, and a B for safety, and a B for consistency. I thought it would be a good team, but I still tried it and told myself if I had a losing set, I would switch. Little did I know, I swept my both sets 5-0. I tried to see if it was a fluke, but I won 20 battles straight. I just wanted an opinion on the team. Sorry for the long email and good luck to all. Sincerely, Eric. Eric, congratulations, a 20-run streak. That is amazing. Very, yeah, very I've, I've never even gotten that much in a row. Uh, the best I've ever done is 17, so very impressed with 20. Uh, as for the team, I put the team into PV Poke. There's a couple things you're not telling us. So we don't know where you were playing. Uh, and if that contributes at all, if you're playing in ranks 1 to 10, 10 to 20, Ace, Veteran, uh, Elite, Legend, like where you're playing in. Also, we don't know if you use the PV Poke recommended moveset. So are you using Wing Attack on Charizard? Or are you doing something like Fire Spin or Dragon Breath? But with the recommended movesets, we've taken a look at the PV Poke. Uh, we've taken a look at the PV Poke Sims, and the biggest threats to that are Registeel, Regirock, Skuntank, Shadow Flygon, Luxray, and Shadow Ampharos. Those are the Pokemon that can beat all three of those. So, I mean, it's you've still got play um, if you want to spend shields. Charizard, Obstagoon, and Gengar can all play against the Registeel. Um, Skuntank will beat the Gengar quite hard, but we'll have a bit of a harder time against an Obstagoon Charizard. It's basically, it's I think it's a shield-heavy team, but if you're very strategic about where and when and how you use those shields, then you can do a lot with like an energy farm and a barrage of charge attacks in the end game. I'll also just add that it's a prime example of the Sims are one thing and then practice is another. Um, I 
always try and look for i mean more more with uh, pick six formats i tend to try and look for a's for coverage with open kind of gbl leagues it's very very hard to find very high coverage on pv pokes team builder with just three pokemon but you know even though this has a c for coverage and a d for bulk according to the site you've made that absolutely work and that's totally fine like we we can't possibly look at the sims and say well we don't think you should use the team when you've had so much success so well done yeah exactly you aren't gonna find a team in open that has a's across the board it's just not gonna happen Mm. so yeah i i don't want to say that those little letter grades don't matter but they definitely don't tell the whole story most of the teams i run have probably a C or a D for bulk because I like right. glassy. Po- <laughs> Some of my favorite Pokemon are incredibly glassy. I think most of my Nyad Cup setups, I have like four different teams, I think, at this point. But most of them have a C or a D for bulk because I'm using Pokemon like Galvantula. I'm using Pokemon mm-hmm. like Lugia. So with that said, thank you, Eric, for writing in. And that leads us to our shameless plugs. So I want to give a shout out to some people who have So I want to give a shout out to some people who have hit achievements and milestones in the Pallet Town PvP and GoCast podcast Discord servers. We have in Pallet Town, Trollmix, Immortal Tomato, and JW all hit Veteran. Alpha 6 hit level 46, and Jet Force Gemini hit Legend. Also, Janino, who hit Legend last week, has made it to the leaderboards, which is really, really cool. Using a team of Charizard double counter in love cup which is a very common thing it's like it's he's going so well with it he's climbed so many hundreds of points with charizard scrafty and metacham as his team but i've just not been able to bring myself to to try it myself because it's it's a common team and i really prefer being more original <laughs> with my life which is absolutely not to say anything against janino I, I just i prefer to construct my teams a different way we also want to shout out from the GoCast server, Triptondo, hitting a new peak at 3274, calls it the unofficial rank 25 uh, for the first time ever, which is incredible. That's really close to typically leaderboard rankings. That's amazing, Triptondo. Way to go. Yeah, uh, I've just looked it up. The 500th place on the leaderboard is 3312. So, I mean, really not far off that. And that leads us to the end of the show. We love hearing from you. If you have any questions or suggestions for myself or DeFi, you can direct them to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. You can also send us a voicemail or physical mail to the GoCast PO box, which Chris talks about at the end of the show. In the show description, you can click on more fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. And we'll see you next week. And may the leads be forever in your favor. That's so dorky. Bye.